there, and welcome to Thingamajigs, the exciting history of mundane things. I am Ben. And I am Danielle. Hey kids, do you like doing drugs? Have I got a drug for you. What's that? Uh, it's green and leafy. Okay, okay. Some people just uh, grind it up and consume it as is, but I've heard you can make edible items from it in tea. It is called, commonly, catnip. We had you go in there for a second, didn't we? We all know what you thought. We're going to talk about catnip today. We are roommates with a lovely specimen. She's pretty short. She's got black fur and green eyes and no tail. I don't like to say that we own her because anybody who owns a cat knows that you don't really own a cat. You live with a cat. Or should I say the cat lives with you? It depends. Some people live with their cat. Some people's cats live with them. I like to think that Ophie views us as equals. And uh, she's here with us today to talk about her experiences with today's topic. Ophie, would you like to introduce yourself? We don't speak cat, but through the power of AI, we were able to translate and bring to you this paragraph that she had spoken to us previously. Hello, my name is Ophelia Clark. I'm here to talk to you about catnip. My roommate at university grew it in the house. And I don't know if you guys have had fresh grown catnip, but it hits different. These days, I only use the dried stuff. And I get my catnip from reputable dispenser. Controlling my intake is easy since I don't have thumbs and I can't open the bottle. But I like to indulge on the weekends after a long week of chasing bucks and training to beat the world catnapping record. It's amazing, isn't it? That wasn't just a goof. We do actually have a cat named Ophie, and she does love catnip. She likes to roll around in it and then hit her ball twice and then take a nap. She gets very excited when we open the cabinet that has her special bottle in it. Fortunately, she is one of the 70% of cats that have a reaction to it. Not all cats do. 30% will just not be interested in it at all. The other 30% stay in school and say no to drugs? Something about genetics. Yeah, they just don't have the catnip gene. I'm guessing it's similar to how you have the soap cilantro gene, and I don't. All hope is not lost, though. There are other plants that have the same effects on cats. You can try silvervine. Never heard of it. That one was mentioned a lot, and I haven't heard of it either until I got into all of this. Let's go back in time. Because people have known about catnip for a really long time. Anytime we talk about something that was discovered instead of invented, we always go as far back as writing makes possible. And you know who loved writing about things? The ancient Egyptians. In this case, it's the Romans. Oh. But briefly, I do want to talk about the Egyptians. Jesus. For as famous as they were about adoring their cats, there was not anything written about catnip. The general consensus is that they knew about it and they were some of the first to give it to their cats, but it's not documented. It's kind of weird. I find it very weird. These people worshipped cats and they didn't write about the time that little bastard rolled around and acted like a floofiest ball in the land. 
I looked up Egyptian names for cats, and Bastet came up. <laughs> I guess it could be Bastet. But the first notable use of catnip was by the Romans. It's also probably where it gets its name, Nepeta Cataria. She sounds hot. Nepeta was a Roman city. It's called Nepi, and it's in Italy, which I think is fun. I want to go there. But the people there were well known for using catnip in their cooking, medical treatments, things like that. It would be in their herb gardens, but it did not grow naturally. It's native to Europe, Asia, and Africa. It was later brought to North America, and it does grow well here. America number one. I believe catnip was initially more for us, though. We liked using it to treat various things. We could make it into an ointment, and that stuff could be slathered everywhere. We put it on our hemorrhoids as a hemorrhoid cream. I don't. I don't know about you. Well, I, I don't either. I don't, I don't suffer with hemorrhoids. But it was used for all kinds of skin ailments, like scabies or scruff. Did it work? I can't imagine. But if my mom would have known about catnip for scabies whenever my family was going through the great scabies epidemic. Y'all would have been getting zooted off of catnip? Yeah, instead of putting garlic in everything. Oh my gosh, we had so much garlic. Does garlic work? No. Let me, I can tell you from experience, garlic does not work. The Middle Ages was a great time for catnip medicine. They would brew it into a tea form, and that was supposed to be good for generic fever and cold symptoms. Did it work? When are you going to stop asking me if these home remedies worked? <laughs> it was used for flatulence as well. More specifically, they would give it to babies to help with colic, which is a complicated term that can mean anything from my baby has gas or an upset stomach to my baby hasn't stopped crying for three days and I'm going to lose my mind. Is that what that means? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of blanketing, blanket term around colic for my baby is upset. I mean, they can't tell you why they're upset, so they're colic-ing. Colicking. We still use that as a modern term? I don't know if doctors use it, but I know the general population definitely does. But catnip was supposed to help with gas and stomach cramps. It was thought to help with menstrual cramps as well. I don't know. You know how these things go. You'll find a hundred articles about how it works and a hundred about how it's a scam. What are you going to do? Go to the doctor. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. There was another thing it was supposed to help with. Reducing anxiety and a soothing feeling. But what's funny about that is in the same sentence, it will say that if you chew the roots, it's supposed to make you fierce and quarrelsome. Can't be anxious if you're... Mad? Yeah, you know, I've kind of found that to be true. It's easier to be angry than it is to be sad. And that's why people have so many issues. I tend to be cynical about home remedies, but I would still be interested in getting some food-grade catnip and making a tea with it. Mostly because I love tea, but also I'd be interested to see if I feel anything. Warm water with flavoring in it is soothing, whether it's medicated or not. You can't lose. You can't lose with tea. So there are a couple of stories that are probably not true, but, you know, maybe they are, that involve catnip. So there was this hangman who had trouble with his profession, as you can imagine. I'm not sure if it was a lack of courage or if he felt guilty or if he just thought his job was grody. But he medicated himself with catnip in order to perform his job. 
This was documented somewhere? We're going to use the loose term for documented. Sure. So it's as true as the discovery of coffee. I did preface with it could be true or not. You know how stories in legends go. The coffee story was pretty wild. This one, I feel like probably at least could have happened. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should go back and listen to the coffee episode. There were also boxers or fighters of some kind taking catnip to make themselves more aggressive. This one I find a little less plausible. (laughs) But I do love the image of uh, these big boxing fighter guys sitting down with a cute little cup of catnip tea. There are fighters who will do anything to try and get an edge. I could see them trying it and then maybe having a placebo effect enough to stand by it. Placebo effects are very strong. Also, you're looking for an emotional response. I feel like that's the perfect opportunity for a placebo effect. That's true. Which I guess of the substances that can be taken to get that emotional outcome, catnip is probably the most benign. I would be interested to ask the hangman guy if he was taking it to achieve the aggression or the soothing sensation, though I feel like either one of those probably would have been helpful. Cats, however, absolutely do have a reaction from catnip, and it does affect them all slightly differently. Some will lick and eat the plant and zone out, very mellow looking, and some will get very playful and roll around, maybe play with a toy that they would normally ignore. Especially if that toy is now covered in catnip. (laughs) Some cats do become very aggressive. Maybe those cats shouldn't get catnip too often. And like I said, about 30% won't react at all. It's kind of funny. Ophie reacts in pretty much every way except for aggressive. She gets real hyper and she rolls around in it and licks it. And then she gets real mellow. She has herself a good catnip nap. A nip nap. A nip nap. (laughs) as they are well-known. But why, I think, is the pressing question here. So in 1941, Samuel McElvin, or McElvane, not really sure, at the University of Wisconsin discovered a chemical called nepotalactone. Ah, uh, yes. McElvane and his nepotalactone know him well. Know him well. This oil mimics the pheromones that cats find so attractive, if you know what I mean. Some of the behaviors that cats exhibit when exposed to catnip are similar to how they act when they are in heat. Or as one doctor called it, queens in season. Who said who? Who called it that? (laughs) Her name was Dr. Ramona Turner. So the nepotalactone enters the nasal tissue where it binds to protein receptors that stimulate sensory neurons. These cells provoke responses all over the brain. Portions of the brain that control emotional responses, the hypothalamus, which is like a central hub that controls everything from emotions to hunger, which I would argue that hunger is an emotion. That's proof right there. It goes into portions of the brain that govern behavioral responses, and all this information stimulates the pituitary gland, creating a sexual response. Meaning the cat reacts to an artificial pheromone. This whole weird phenomena is why your sweet little kitten doesn't react to catnip until they reach about six months, because they have to go through puberty and reach the sexual maturity in order for this very complicated chemical reaction to take place in the brain. 
Funny enough, on the other end, sometimes cats will stop responding to catnip as they get older, which I have to assume is their body moving away from sexual prime and their brain only being able to process bingo cards. I joke, but sexually transmitted diseases are rampant in our elderly retirement homes. Proof that postmenopause can be fun. Dude, I am so excited to hit menopause. I've got like 25 more years, but I look I look forward to it. In fact, I'm going to make a little countdown on my phone. Let's hear you say that after the hot flashes start. Well, as long as we stay in Utah, it'll be fine. The effects only last about 10 to 15 minutes, and then it won't happen again for at least 30 minutes to an hour. If your cat has stopped responding to it altogether and they are not elderly, then you probably need to give them a tolerance break, getting it out of the house for a few months and then try reintroducing it. The Japanese conducted some studies on silver vine, which is not related to catnip, but the two plants do emit very similar structural compounds. They isolated the chemical nepotalactol that closely resembles the active chemical in catnip and found that when the cat sniffed it, it would react with their opioid reward system and produce a stoned-looking cat. They wanted to observe the effects on both domestic and wild cats, so they laced paper with the chemical and introduced it to larger breeds like lions and leopards and tigers and, you know, the big boys. And they did, so it doesn't matter the size or breed of the cat. Fascinating. But why is it only cats? Probably because it's pheromone-based and they have their own set of pheromones. Catnip is a pretty hardy plant. You can grow it relatively easily. It has kind of fun, fuzzy leaves and purplish flowers. Fresh catnip is the strongest because those oils in the plant are still fresh, but if you're going to go for the dried stuff, just make sure the container you're buying has a lot of leaves and flower heads over the stems and sticks. The blends that are mostly stems and sticks are not going to be as strong, and it's probably a cheap brand. There's another fun thing about catnip and silver vine. They both do an excellent job of repelling insects, specifically mosquitoes and other biting insects. This is thought to be the main reason why these plants evolved to produce nepotalactone as a defense against especially bad sap-sucking aphids. I guess it was a happy accident that it also made the cats feel amazing. People in the South really need to grow more catnip. The Japanese scientists that we had talked about conducted some experiments with the chemicals. They released a bunch of mosquitoes and observed how many would land on the noses exposed to silver vine versus the ones that didn't. And the cats that had contact with the plant had less contact with insects. And the same goes for catnip for the same chemical reason. There was one section of information that I read where botanists were going nuts over the discovery that catnip evolved twice to make nepotalactone. Apparently at some point in history it stopped producing it and then evolved back into producing it. I don't know enough about plants to know why this is so exciting, but I figured I'd add it in case you're... Invited to a trivia night with extremely specific questions. That does not usually happen. The evolving out of the protective feature is pretty weird as it is, but then evolving back to the same protective feature, that's that's super weird. Maybe those sap-sucking aphids had a really bad couple of years, and they were like, ah, we don't need to do this anymore, and then they came back. I don't know. This leads us to some very interesting things you can do with catnip to bring you and your fluffy friend closer. 
So you can bathe with catnip-infused bar soap. The one I found had bits of catnip in it for the cat and bits of lavender in it for you. So you could both feel relaxed. I don't like that. (laughs) Why not? It's like when you have the girlfriend who you know is only your girlfriend because you give her drugs sometimes. It's like, yeah, my cat loves me. Look how much my cat likes to cuddle with me. Like, no, dude, you bathed in drugs. Get out of here. That's like the whole relationship that we have with cats, though. They, they're really only around because of the things that we offer them. Nah, my cat doesn't just cuddle with me because it's really cold outside and I'm warm. She loves me. So the fact that she's more cuddly in the winter has nothing to do with it being cold and her needing to zap your body heat. No, it's because it's almost Christmas time and Christmas makes everyone more cozy. There's also a Pinot Meow. It's a fine feline snack wine. Is it for the cat or the human? It's for the cat. It's made with catnip, beet juice, and sea salt. There is no alcohol, just so we're clear. That's good. Don't give your cats alcohol. Yeah, cats don't process alcohol very well or at all. This is a side note, but if a dog drinks a lot of antifreeze, we always kept a bottle of vodka in the clinic because that was the treatment for that. It's probably just what the doctor told you. The the company that makes this wine asks, and I quote, why drink alone? Which I will retort with, why do you think that people who own cats are alone? Just because I like this idea very much and would probably be more likely to have a glass of wine with my cat when my husband is out of town as a fun treat to us doesn't mean that you get to ask me why drink alone. Just make your fun product and don't make us feel bad about ourselves. Thank you. I think they pretty much hit the nail on the head. They know their demographic. I really want to order some catnip tea and make it and see if Ophi wants to be my friend. Probably. I opened the container of catnip today and... She's still thinking about it. She won't leave me alone now. Also, I I want to try catnip in general and see if it actually has any of the effects that they claim it does. I for one hope that it helps with farts. That would be... Life-changing. That would be marriage-changing. Okay. That's going to be the thing that I buy every couple for their wedding gift is catnip tea to help with that first year of getting acquainted with each other's butts. So it appears that you can buy bags of catnip. I I specifically said catnip for humans. I don't know if that matters. Maybe I can just fill my tea ball up with her catnip and see how that goes. I'd say if you wanted to try it, just grow a plant or buy a plant, because that would probably be the best way to actually see if it has any effects, because it's so much fresher. And also, it'll keep the mosquitoes away. I was thinking about growing some this summer. I don't know if Ophi will let it grow, though. Is she going to attack it as soon as it starts sprouting? Yeah, you'll probably have to find somewhere where your cat can't immediately destroy it. Well, I reckon that's the end of our show, partner. Why did you get Western on us? Do you have a cat? Does it like catnip? Or is it a part of that 30% that doesn't care? Have you ever tried catnip? How was it? How did it make you feel? Make sure to let us know. I'm super curious if it actually has an effect. Thanks for sticking around through this episode of Thingamajigs and this exciting history of a mundane thing. 
Don't forget to grab a goose and get your pets spayed or neutered. Oh yes, that's very important. It can help prevent various types of cancers. Good night, everybody. Nah.